morning and welcome to Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make the Elm City tick. Nothing ticks better than Pundit Friday, which we're about to begin here in the WNHH studio. First installment of 2018 Woo! with the number one pundits in the media universe. Pundits like the dairy-free goddess of our grassroots radio operation, managing editor of Inner City News, and host of Love Babs, Love Talk. Babs are all Zyvie. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Babs. Pundits like the queen of quippery and quintessence of compassion, of Vosispana publisher Norma Rodriguez. Norma, a new mic in the Reyes. <laughs> Feliz Año Nuevo. We got WNHH station manager and heavy D Donald Trump devotee, Harry Dross, the bravest man. In New Haven, except when there's ice on the road. Then he's not the bravest man in New Haven. He kind of holds up in Waterbury. But does a great job of managing the station remotely. And like the flyest news hunter-gatherer this side of Fleet Street, she's everywhere in New Haven. Star reporter Markeisha Ricks. Happy New Year, people. And taking off his scarf and getting ready to roll into action with some heavy thoughts, the straight shooter from Bermuda. (laughs) Tomorrow's trendsetter. And today's. The mystical and metaphorical man on the money, the grandee of grandiloquence of gastronomics, the saltless spit, West Indian whisperer of wonk, emperor of explosive exposition, esteemed elucidator of ebonics. Ebonics. The sanctified slayer of the slow-witted maximum mixologist Joe Ugly <laughs> of the Joe Ugly Show in the morning. Good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? Good morning. Good morning. How we make it? Happy New Year. How we make it out with this cold now? You know, the blizzard was one thing. We got a foot of snow, which now in New Haven is nothing for us. We get that out of the way quick, especially That's when it's nothing. powdery. But the cold, they're oh talking about below zero before like, you even count right. oh, wind you, chill oh, you babies. this weekend. <laughs> I jumped in the daggone Long Island Sound on New Year's Day. So I did it. notice so that. Did. The polar did you? plunge. Man, but you weren't going to come today. <laughs> so you can't. Babs, you I can't wanted to ask you about that. So this is a charity event. Really, yep, every January 1st, <laughs> some brave souls <laughs> jump in Long Island Sound to, to start the new year and raise some like, money no. for good causes. Good question. Are you Babs, you really you. did this. You really got in the water? Yeah, I jumped in. My, me and my daughter, Margo, and my friend, Andrew, we jumped in. How'd you do it? What do you mean? I, like, did you wear a lot of clothes? No, I wore a swimsuit. My little swimsuit that I went, you saw me in Jamaica. And I think it was, it was about 10 degrees, right? It was like seven. <laughs> so how the do you psychologically get ready so you I, wouldn't get sick? What? <laughs> like, weren't people worried about getting sick or wasn't going to be hurt? It wasn't going to hurt. Or having a heart cold? attack in the cold water. I mean, Babs, you do not regularly hang out and sunbathe when it's 10 degrees, right? No. You don't, like, spend 20 minutes outside just saying, I'll just take a little walk around the block. But you plunged into sub-freezing water in Long Island Sound. Was yes. it fun? Yeah, it was. Why'd you do it? I, it was on my bucket list, something to do. I always wanted to do it. So Although, you're never going to do it again? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 okay, no, okay, no. Okay. Do that every the, year. No. <laughs> and there are people out there who do it every I year. Bet. Wait, there are people who do it every year. There are people who go to the coldest places to do it. Like, there was a brother who jumped in Lake Michigan. On purpose. Just came from jumping <laughs> in Lake Michigan. I was like, what? Just came so from it's it. It's probably like yeah. warm to him. <laughs> I was like, I'm not. I was like, oh no, it's my like, brother. No, well, is part of it that. vivifying? I mean, do you feel alive from having done it? Does it in fact have health benefits? I mean, or is it a shock to the system uh, to give you a cold? I mean, it, it, it's a shock to the system, but it. But here's the thing. The air was colder than the water. The water was below freezing, but it, was, it wasn't seven degrees. How the, long did you stay? About, about maybe less than a minute. That's a long time. Go you in, ain't lying. That is. And you just jump in, you dunk, and you get out. 
I could do it mentally. <laughs> I can show up. You'd be river surprised. Bank. But now, so you're saying that the air is is more colder. colder than the water. Than the water. So when you get in the water, it's not as it's not as uh, oh, jarring as you think. But you once get you get out, <laughs> that's sort of like the air. Marquise and I were talking about you know with this cold spell. So every day it's been below freezing. But there seemed to be a difference when it's 20 degrees out, when it's 10 degrees out. Obviously, the wind's difference too. But, you know, we got so used to this 10 degree weather or single digit <laughs> that when it was in the 20s part of this yeah, week, ooh, it's went outside it. Marquise felt the same way. My wife, Carol, felt the same way. He said, oh, it warmed up. Yeah. And normally, so I wonder if it's the same thing with the polar plunge with the air. You know, I went to um, Aspen, Colorado back in the day. And they have um, swimming pools outside in that yeah, cold right. weather. That That's you like go into. Do they, heat the, do they heat the and water? I no, they don't heat oh, the water. Don't? No, they don't heat the water because, oh, no. you know, it's hot outside. Mm-hmm. But it's cold? Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's cold. Uh, but it's very cold hot outside. Hot water freezes faster than, uh, than cold water. So, uh, folks, even though the blizzard's over, wow. this cold is now the story for the weekend coming up. It's going to break early next week with this crazy weather. They're actually talking about 40s on Tuesday. But this weekend, people's lives are at stake. Yeah. They're talking about wind chill well below zero, just a plain temperature Fahrenheit below zero. Any thoughts on um, how we're dealing with this? The city has, the, they're having the shelter stay open later. When it's a weekday, they have the libraries open and the homeless stay there all day, which is cool. But they have a warming center now at a church on, in the hill, and they're going to have a second one in a month. And at those places, it's not a whole formal shelter. Some people don't like to go to the shelters because, you know, the rules about what time they have to be in if they can't be with a spouse, a, a, a partner from another um, sex or or they don't want to, they want to be able to drink and do drugs or whatever. So at these warming centers, they get to just hang out. They can lie on the floor, sit in a chair overnight, part of the day. They get some food. I'm kind of glad we do that. We do do more of that than other cities. I don't usually like self congratulations, but I think mm-hmm. New Haven's pretty concerned about making sure people don't die. Well, I think that's a good thing. I mean, they, like you said, making sure that people don't die. This is life and death situation. So it's a good thing that we're in the city, and I'm proud to say. And I would chair and champion the city for saying, uh, you know, for saving lives at the end of the day. And then a big job, and we too, is very proud about it. when pipes break. So right. even at City right. Hall the other night, there was a, a broken sprinkler. The alarm went off. They had to take the meeting outside and come back in. And oh, that's LCI, all you had? Liverpool City Initiative, excuse me? That's all you had? Just had to go outside and come back in? Because the, they fixed it. And then it was oh, dead. The they fire alarm got off. down because we had a broken I noticed that 360, was there really something broken? Was, what was going on? That, that was yesterday. On, that was not yesterday. That was the night, uh, two nights ago. Okay. Uh, just getting ready to go to bed. And the alarm went off. And, you know, you can't take elevators or anything. And so all under, 90 floors of 360 State had to go out in the middle of the night? Everyone had to go down. You had to go outside. Was everyone in it pajamas? Was, uh, well, I walked up to the station. I, my, you know, I took my son his guests up to the station. But it was we cold out tonight. It was very cold. So the, everyone who lives at 360 State had, Tower had to, had to come out, out. Had to come out. For, and then there was another. Well, wait, so tell us more about it. So did you see all your neighbors, maybe people you never met? Oh, no, met? I didn't stick around. I told you, I went up to But you the still had to get out. Oh, yeah, we had to walk down the stairs, you know? It's like... So how many... You had to walk down 40 flights of stairs? 40, he has no, his 20. own stairs. Hey, you understand? He has his own stairs. He has stairs. a fly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> a fly. Yeah, yeah. That's why he didn't run into anybody, because he has his own private stairwell. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, no right. but seriously, they couldn't take elevators? No, you can't take the elevator. So every, this was like Everyone almost like the Tower out. Inferno movie. So that's our biggest tower in Connecticut, residential and tower. And Marquisha scared the daylight out uh, of me yesterday. I didn't mean yesterday. to be alarming. Needless to add, so uh, she texted me and said, is there smoke um, coming, coming from out your from, building? No. A ninth there, floor. That's because someone told us that. Show they told us that. I didn't use the word smoke. billowing. I did okay, not. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I just said, is there smoke? Well, I thought. 
I thought of bellowing when you start saying. Well, Joe, oh, we were at like the emergency operations center. And they just yes. got a call in about smoke on the night no, floor. No, it might have been, and it might have been someone with a. But he, you heard with, it with a false yes. alarm. It, it but was, the night before, well, Joe, so, so, I'm still interested about this. So what happened in the middle of the night? And when's the last time the entire building had to empty out at night? That's a lot of people. It is a lot of people, but they, we did a fire alarm roughly uh, about a year ago. About a year prior, there was a. So the, the biggest challenge is going back up. Because there's four elevators. They're very fast, as you, you've you experienced. They're very fast elevators. But when you're trying to get all the that many uh, residents back in. got to floor to floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it's like. And, you know, during 9-11, I hate to bring up that example. You know, no, people no. got, had real, were climbing over each other on stairwells. Right. A very unsafe situation. Well, what we, happened when all these people were coming down 360 State the other night? There was, it was nice. It was orderly. It was right. And, then, you know, my thing was, if anyone get in my way and tell me go back up, I, they were getting knocked. That was not going to happen. Were people you know? scared? Like you heard alarm go off. What did you think was going on? You know, it was interesting. People were pretty calm. People were very calm about it. Uh, they were moving at a rapid pace, but still. And you weren't smelling fashion. smoke or seeing airplanes. Exactly. And you. I think yeah. that I think the problem, the, the thing was, we weren't smelling smoke. But I, I'm quite sure if there was smoke, it would have raised a, you know awareness and more alarm. Uh, you know, people would have been more on a panic uh, status. But uh, one of the things that I was you know, appreciative of. When you got, but by the way, when you got to the sixth floor, you had to cut across through the sixth floor and come across the terrace because the problem was from the fifth floor over the garage. So you could well, not what go did down it, there. What did it turn out being? What happened? A broken pipe. Uh, so this is about the pipe. weather. Right. Pipes so, are breaking. Exactly. Pipes are breaking. And one <laughs> broke in that building. And the thing about it, there's a guy who has a video of it where he was taking a look at it coming off. The water was just coming off from the, from the fifth floor. It was just pouring. And I guess it just got clogged up in the hallway that, you know, that you walked down. The emergency exit that comes from the garage, all of a sudden that blew open, and he has it on video. It so the alternative emergency the evacuation protocol right. did work. Yes, it did. It did work. So now we're going to see, folks. I think we're going to see a lot more about this weekend. You know, LCI Liberal City Initiative. That's the city agency that goes helps people with busted pipes. They do a great job. Every time there's a storm, you have superhero Rafael Ramos and his crew. They're going to everyone's house all hours, day and night. They had one house where the boiler, the water in the boiler froze. Uh, Can you believe that? So I think uh, we're just seeing the beginning of this, folks. I think. We didn't get hit the way other cities got hit with a debilitating storm. We all stayed home. It seemed to me, you can tell if you disagree, we've gotten our act together pretty much New Haven. People complain about a little snow here, there, there. Where people did stay off the roads for the most part. They were able mm-hmm. to clear for safety stuff pretty quickly. They had everybody geared up, full complement of 67 trucks and everything like that. But I think the next cold is a different kind of challenge. And I think I, I think, think it's right. going to be much more severe on the weekend. Norma, what were you saying? Can you get no, close Paul, to the mic? In, in my building where I live at, that's been a serious problem. That's a city point, the condo. Right, the city point. Mm-hmm. So we've had a, a quite a few number of pipes broken, which they're fixing right now. Um, and see, the people that live on the first floor, mm-hmm. the garage is right under them. Oh. So those pipes are not really protected. Right. So they're telling everyone... To make sure that you keep your heater not less than seventy four degrees, your right. heater wow. on, oh, wow, right. not less than seventy four right. degrees, ah. because the catch, you know, it's freezing and right. the pipes are bursting. And what they're also saying is there's some vacant uh, apartments, yeah, right. you know, that or that the, right. the people leave and they they leave they turn they turn everything off, off. They turn everything off. off. Right. so they've had to break the locks to bring up the heat, yeah, right. because if you don't bring right. up the heat to seventy four. We're going to get a lot more You know, more that was one of my pipes. hesitations to moving into an apartment building or into a multi-residential building because I often told my wife that, you know, your neighbor's problems become your problem. You know, mm-hmm. somebody fall asleep with a cigarette, that becomes your problem, you know? And that was my... And I felt that 
feeling again when we had to evacuate the other day. I'm like, did somebody, someone's problem just become mine? You know, and is it someone on the ninth floor, like Marquisha asked me, whose problem is now mine? Or what the are we pot on, on the stove. You know, I, 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 yeah. you know if, if these are the things that go through your mind, but... It's a family. It be, it, when you live in a condo, yeah. it's basically an extended family. It is. It really is. Look at the fire. We had, how, I don't know how many apart. Um, You're talking about the condos had a big fire last year. A big yeah. fire. Right. They had to tear them all right. down. And right. Some of the people still are in hotels and they haven't been able, because they're not going to be f- finished until July. Mm-hmm. Paul, I'm very glad that you're bringing this up and we're talking about this in detail because although we're talking, of it, we're talking about it on an experience uh, level, I hope this is also going to cross as a PSA to people to keep their heat at a certain level and to make sure that, you know, pipes are being, you know, you're letting the water go through so you don't end up with these situations. Yeah. I was interested how no one lost power in New Haven during the blizzard. That was awesome. Which means that they've definitely done a lot of work in illuminating and strengthening the grid, you know, getting the the wires that were more dangerous. Did they do a cutback program also with the trees? Yes, they did a lot with the cutback with the trees. Mm -hmm. But now we got a, now there's a second level now with the the cold. So we'll see. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed and let's stay warm this weekend. Let's Because the the cold is such a, because it can happen so fast, you don't right. ha- you don't have to be outside when with the sub zero temperatures. You don't have to be outside for hours. You only mm-hmm. have to be outside fifteen twenty minutes, mm-hmm. you know, to be exposed. Actually, to the I element. walked in this morning. It was okay, you know. Oh, I got a question. But you were yeah. moving. But and if it, you had yeah. to stay out longer, right. and also this know. weekend's going to be worse. You walked yeah. all the way from your yeah from your home. I love it because it gets very How peaceful. Did you get in New yesterday? I had a ride. You had a ride. Anyone took the bus? I took the bus. She, took, she the was the only yesterday? one. Yeah, they, they ended up, it's the first big the storm ran. where Connecticut Transit didn't have to end bus service. Kudos to them. Right. That, Usually they have to stop at a know. point. They, well, that um, is, they're just not good at picking up people, so maybe this was good for them. I think they may have stopped at about 5.45 <laughs> yesterday. Oh, is I that right? I think that's what I got from Douglas oh, yeah? Layton. Oh, okay. One of the things that I got, I'm still trying to figure out why I do, why do I have to look at three, well, I think I got it this morning. I was talking about it on a program. Why you look at three different set of numbers on a bus coming towards you, and you're trying to understand which bus is going in your direction. I know, I and hate to be tum- grumpy, but I, I missed the B in the Q. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's not even being, it's not being grumpy, I don't think. I know they They, they changed the number of routes on the buses because they have a statewide computerized right. system. So you can't have a B bus in one city and a B bus in another city in Connecticut. So then they had to go to these number systems. But there's uh-huh. some of them with the old routes that have so many different variations. So it's like 243A, B, C, D, E, F. It's pretty confusing. It is very Basically, confusing. I just say, I hope, is that the B? And everyone still refers to it as the B. The no, well, it's not designed for people to use the bus. It, 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 so <laughs> the reason why I'm, why I'm following up on this is because I knew someone who had to take, who was looking to take the bus from, you know, the grocery store downstairs from me. They were looking to take the bus because they left the car and they wanted to take the bus yesterday, but they had no, they are asking me, do you know come? which bus go which way because they don't understand this number system? And again, it sparked that whole, why so many numbers on one bus? I don't understand what it is. And it goes to show if someone is not familiar with the bus system, they're lost. But you know what numbers everyone's familiar with? <laughs> you tell them. 103.5 FM, WNHH. That's what you're listening to. New Haven's home for community radio. It's Friday pundits. We're the best pundits in the business running down the week's headlines. The week started with the inauguration of yes. Mayor Tony Harps. He started a third two-year term. I wasn't there. I was in the ocean. It, that's right. You were in the ocean. We, we were warming up a career high school. Those are always fun events. You see, one thing I always love about it, I, I thought she gave a great speech Who's because that? she didn't talk about herself. She was talking about this moment in history and challenging people to see whether it's the fight back against how cities are going to be hurt by state and federal government decisions or the greater needs of our communities as a moral undertaking. 
Hmm. And she didn't stand there and brag about all the things New Haven does. It was interesting to me to contrast that to the inauguration in New York City. Bill de Blasio was sworn in. Our politics often mirror New York. Who, what kind of candidates elected with what kind of base and what kind of issues. And he's looking to somehow get on the national stage, de Blasio. He, he hoped four years ago when he got elected, they would happen, that he got his head back. So this time, and here's one thing. So he talked about how great he was and all great things the city has done. But one thing that whereas Harp really made it about us, not her, which I think is her general way. But it was also an indication that she's not so hungry for higher office. She's not closing the door and appearing on the state ticket if she's asked, but she's not going after governor, even though a lot of people feel that she's more qualified than some of the people running right now. But she, she, she is leaving the door open to be on the ticket, but really focusing on New Haven. And But also what was different, what was similar about those two inaugurations is that the big political shots did not all turn out. Usually at inauguration New Haven, you see everyone running for state office because New Haven has the biggest group of Democrats, mm-hmm. and you want to get on their side, and they were having a gathering that day. Everyone's there that day because it was not just the mayor sworn in, all the alders, everybody like that. Like if a bomb went off at the inauguration, then no one running anything would be left in New Haven, right? That's how important everybody else there. And in past years, you had Malloy always there. He didn't show up. You have Chris Murphy every year. He didn't show up. Senator Chris Blumenthal, I mean, Dick Blumenthal came out, and he was interesting to me. Not a single... Candidate for state office showed up except for Joe Gannam, who's running for governor and really wants New Haven support. Said, I would like to be. He governor, showed up please. after it started and he got someone to put him on the stage, which kind of pissed off some people in the front row. But he got there, and no other major players except for Blumenthal showed up. Well, Denise Snapper showed up, who's retiring as state treasurer. But we didn't get like attorney general. It's kind of like you get people, no one running for attorney general. I saw there, no one running for governor, and everyone's running for governor except for Gannam. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I wonder what's going on. And that same thing, now there's a different reason in New York. The reason New York is because Blasio has enemies. So the governor boycotted his inauguration. Uh-huh. And Chuck Schumer, the leading uh, senator, he came late after going to the swearing in of the Nassau County executive. <laughs> um, Bill Clinton, the whole Clinton family was there last time. Now he's broke with them. The Clintons didn't show up. Um, but Bernie Sanders gave the speech. Any thoughts on the inauguration? You were there, Marquisha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no thoughts. You Other think? than, you know, I don't know if that, does that say anything about where the mindset is? Are, are people conceding that Republicans got it this time? I don't well, know. that's what I'm wondering. You know, it's, it's seeming like a pretty tough year for Democrats here. Well, but but, I, I, but Gann, it does show Gannon's banking on getting strong urban support. Yeah, he's not giving up. He's like, Look, I need all running. the support I can get, so I'll be there. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, these people better take a page from everybody else and bet on black. That's what happened, you know, because that's why Gannon's you come here. on black and You bet on is, black. And, yeah. and uh, really, black has shown up but everywhere. But is, black got him reelected in Bridgeport. Well, listen, right. showing up but, but, for black across the country has gotten people elected. You're Women, not talking about Alabama, mostly. are you? Truly showing up. Alabama, I mean, really Virginia. Atlanta. Right. Really getting in the woods, in the sticks of, uh, uh, really getting into the community. The hood is what really is. I don't think just showing up anymore for just being at a church rally or something, you know, at a church service is enough anymore to get the black vote. And I, I'm very glad to know that. I'm glad to know that people are demanding that they come out and be a part of the community. At least show your face that you have some But they didn't show up this year in New because, Haven. I'm right. just wondering why. But, you know, we, we'll see. But you did mention Ganem. You know, people like to point to his, his conviction and, you know, and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, He's playing it smart. He's playing it the smartest so far, if you've asked me. Although I will say he had the toughest opening week of a campaign of anyone I've seen in years. So Joe Gannon announced this week that he's going to run for governor formally. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe, and this has nothing to do with him as a person, good or bad. I cannot believe how many things went wrong in one week. 
So he's driving to his announcement in Hartford, mm-hmm. and a city cop is driving him. And the city cop is going at least 87 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, according to the reporter in the car. The state mm-hmm. trooper stops them. The reporter takes a picture, puts it on Twitter, and the state police let him go without a ticket. So, of course, no matter what Joe Gannon says, all that anyone's talking to the state is, why do you get off with a ticket? And I don't get off a ticket when I drive that. Joe Gannon came on the radio yesterday. I thought he did a very good job talking about state issues. And one of the listeners asked him about it. And his answer was, first and foremost, I wasn't driving. My cop was. Second of all, people said he was driving 100. He was really driving 87 <laughs> miles an hour. And um, it's not my fault. He didn't get any special treatment. So that was not a great way to start the campaign. It's not People aren't going to remember that weeks later. But even before he announced, someone put up a fake Twitter account claiming to be the Joe Ganim campaign and to like him. And they officially announced before he wanted to, saying we're officially running. It got reported in some places officially running. And there's a reason the clock starts on fundraising and other factors. So he didn't want to announce yet. So then it turned out the people at the count were actually these people in Bridgeport. It wasn't Putin. He was laughing that it was uh, Russia. <laughs> Actually, it was some people who don't like Bridgeport who then had all these people come to the count and then they changed it to Joe Gannam for prison. And then as he announced, so then he went to a press conference to announce that he's running for governor, right? So this is all happening in the day, right? He goes to Hartford and he does what anyone has ever done, running for office or wants to get the Capitol Press Corps. He walks into the Capitol Press Room. Total legitimate thing to do. Press is doing a press conference. Some functionary comes from the legislative manager's office and says, you got to stop this press conference. We have a new rule that candidates for state office can't come in and hold a press conference. And then the reporters who were busy piling on Joe Gannam started feeling sorry for him and said, hey, we wanted him here. We're asking him questions. Sorry, it's got to end. And Gannam handled it well because then they said, some reporters said, can't we ask him one more question? And Gannam said, no, it's okay. You're giving me such a hard time. It's fine to end this now. But it's a terrible policy at the state because anyone who has a state legislative job and is running for higher office is allowed to hold a press conference. So basically you're saying incumbents can use the people's press room. But mm. people aren't incumbents can't. Wow. So that happened. And meanwhile, all the questions for Oh, Ganim, I'm sorry. You mean felons who, because have they turned anybody else away ever? It wasn't because of felon. It actually was that they wanted to not let candidates who aren't legislators come in and use the legislative office. No, but building. like as Bab said, have they ever enforced that pa- rule? Enforced this that was rule. the first day they were enforcing it. He's, really? the, first, he's the first person to do it. Oh, oh okay. okay. Mm. That's a difference. Okay, we'll see. And then the felon issue came up. He was asked a lot, and I think it's legitimate. If you spend seven years in prison for um, having a, a broad extortion and bribery scheme and kickbacks, you're now running for for governor. That's all he was asked about. The New London Day wrote an editorial calling him the shameless Joe Gannam. Basically, he's going to be hearing it over and over. So this is his first. Why does he have to be shamed though? This is the part of this whole thing that I do not. I cannot wrap my head around. Why are we still trying to relitigate something that this man was he was found guilty on? He went to jail. He served his time. He, I don't need to hear him even say, I'm sorry. I really don't. I think serving time alone is enough saying that you're sorry. I don't, I but don't isn't it fair for voters to ask, if you've burned me that bad once, should I elect you, you to burn me again? Yes, asking is one <laughs> thing. But when they, they get into this now forgive all mode way, it's like so, you know, no matter what he say, it's going to... They want to run it up the flagpole as if he he has no remorse. And he, well, I've he that. he Even wasn't cowed. He came on the radio yesterday. I thought he was pretty strong. He mm-hmm. said, "Bring it on." There he said, go. "The Republicans want to say this. Say it every day. Call me a felon all you want. Right. That's what they did when I ran for re-election and I won. Mm-hmm. So call me a felon all you want. All people you are going to give me a second chance. You know, and the I had sh- an opportunity mm-hmm. after um, 
Paul interviewed him to interview him for um, the Spanish station. And did, did he speak Spanish? Does he speak Spanish? No, no but he understands a lot of it, but he doesn't speak he it. He speaks some Russian, too. But, uh, you know, we have, for instance, the mayor of um, Washington, D.C. and the mayor of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened. And they when they got out of jail and they paid their time, they got reelected. He stated that he went door to door. He went to a lot of the Correct. churches. He went to everybody and he asked for their forgiveness. Right. Plus, his policy now is to be more transparent. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we have the th- the what is it? The the three str- the the second chance. Right. You know, right. why are we willing to give? And he says that the common people, the individuals, they're willing to give him a of second course. chance. It's the politicians that wants to make that be, really make to issue don't out of give it. him an there opportunity. Are some regular people too, but there are some people in media who it's it's salacious. It sounds good, you know. I think at the end of the day, like you said, he went. True. The only difference between Buddy Bianchi, I believe he got in trouble again. That's the main. They all get in trouble again. John uh, Rowland came out. He went and did the same thing. He went back to jail again. Game. Once again. But you got to find out difference. if they're repenting or not. If they really believe they did anything wrong. So how would we know? The man has came down and he run in Bridgeport and he and you're, he made. You'll never be repented enough. <laughs> exactly. You just you just whoa. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They just want you in sackcloth and ashes for the rest of your life. But my question is, so you is, have to just decide for yourself. You know, you you have to decide for yourself your own redemption and be damned everybody else's opinion or whatever. But that's this, what he's doing. But but in this sure, case, you can ask whatever need, you want. In this case, he needs people's opinion because he's running for their, you know, he's running for office and he needs them to support him. But you know, at the end of the day, I I just have such a, you know what? Like my brother said, he without sin cast the first stone. I I don't even take that tack. I was like, listen, this is what it is. He's been punished. He served his time. Exactly. He did whatever. What? What? This is what we say so the rules are. We said these times, are the rules. How many times like are you supposed to, to forgive? To how run. many times are <laughs> you, you supposed to forgive? Government. Now the Democratic okay. Party. Seventy times seven. The Democratic <laughs> Party leader, the leaders, of the Democratic Party are panicked because their feeling is if Ganem becomes the nominee. They will barely get 20% of the vote because it's not a single suburban voter in the state who's going to Then they better vote. groom some damn Democrats. To, to, listen, if this is a Democrat that stands up, then right. this is the Democrat. Right. Otherwise, if you're not grooming Democrats for the highest office in the land, what are you doing? Then what are Democrats doing? You know, so Roland I Lamar, have... who's very active in state Democratic policy, was on the radio this week with Jerry Romano from the Republican Party. And Lamar said he feels the Democrats have a problem along the lines of what you're saying, Babs. He said he this is a tough year for them. Connecticut could definitely go red this year. And why is it so tough for them? You know why? Because they have a, a highly unpopular, toxic branded governor, right or wrong, for our fiscal problems. But the, you could spend the that. Exactly. Like, these people are smart. What is... Republicans would have spent the bejesus out of but that the Republicans, thing. Are you kidding me? We're not talking about merits, Joe. He's talking about the politics of it. He agrees with you. He doesn't mm-hmm. think Malloy should be tarnished. But he says if you go to any polling, Malloy is the most unpopular governor in the country in Connecticut He's more unpopular than Trump. Okay. So the Republicans are going to save Malloy, Malloy, Malloy. So any Democrat running has to give you a positive vision of the future. You can't spin that. The problem, the reason why, if Malloy does not, look, Malloy did some things that people are upset about. There are a lot of stuff. Look, I I look at the GE situation and I say he did good, if you ask me. I think he's been a good governor. That's not my issue. My issue is that tactically. So then why can't we keep spinning that? That's because there are people in his own party that don't like him. So. Yeah, well, that's what it is. That's, that's the, what it really is. But the other thing Lamar said, Joe, is the Democrats have genuinely been in charge 
for more than a decade. Good. Okay. And so everything they've tried. Wait a second. Everything right. they've tried has failed to solve our structural budget problems. Okay, we continue. We had a $2.5 billion budget deficit last time. It's structural. We just passed a new budget that already has a quarter billion dollar deficit. Roland Lamar said, look, we have to own some of this. We tried some stuff. We were sincere. Some of it was good ideas, but some of it didn't work. We didn't solve the problem. And Democrats Here's across the, thing the country. Here's the about that are- argument, though, because y- yes, they have to own that they've been in power. But look in that time. And when you've been in power that long, you're, you're the target, right? You mean in the Senate and the House? In the Senate and the House, right? Okay. And they've the grown, governor's mansion for eight years. And they've grown They're their margin. The, the Republicans have grown their margin on that. But Republicans aren't going to get in power next term and automatically do something dramatically different because they don't have any okay, money. Okay, you're out. talking merits. And I think that's fair to talk that, But Marquisha. that's the thing, though. You can't ever argue merits. You, you always argue those issues that are emotional to people, mm-hmm. right? Like, which mm-hmm. is, I don't have any money. My taxes are high. And, but the the people who are in the burbs are like, well, yeah, taxes are high, but they're not New Haven high. So I, I'm, I'm good, <laughs> you know? So yeah. if my guys can guarantee me that it'll stay well, this anyway, way for Lamar me, I don't really feels care like about the, the, rest Dem- of the, the Democrats have failed to produce a candidate yet who can inspire people with a vision That's for the it future. right there. Yeah. They don't like the governor and they haven't been able to pull from the ranks somebody who can who who has all the sex, sexiness uh, and intellect that they need. They don't have a Kennedy. They don't have a uh, a whoever whoever we mm-hmm. think they is. They had Kennedy decided not to run. They had Lambeau decided not to run. They had Nancy Wyman decided not to run. People feel like it's too tough and to this win is this, a, this is and this is the real the, the bigger the bigger conversation for me is that Democrats it, it have to have to really have their come to Jesus moment about what they are doing as Democrats. Mm-hmm. And, and that's stop. not just at the state level. That's everywhere. That's everywhere mm-hmm. because they have no direction. They have no thought about this. And they're just like, well, we'll just keep, we'll just keep pushing the ball down the field without any strategy. Hold, hold that thought, Babs. I want to ask you something about that. I want to first remind people that are listening to Pundit Friday and WNHH <laughs> Radio 103.5 FM live stream newhavenpin.org. We're doing the week's headlines running down. So Babs, Come to Jesus moment for the Democrats. What do they stand for? How are they going to succeed in the future? Representative Josh Elliott, he's a first-termer from Hamden. He's making a lot of waves. He he's came out of the Bernie Sanders camp. He has started to set a litmus test for his fellow Democrats. He said, we have to be willing to lose some elections to stand for something and get the right candidates. He surveyed all his colleagues. Most of them have been there a lot longer than he has. He said, where do you stand on raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour? Where do you stand on state employees and how much we should ask them to give back for the budget? Where do you stand on tolls and legalizing marijuana? He says we have to primary the people who are caving into us Republicans. Because remember this past legislative session, the reason the cuts got deeper in New Haven and other cities struggled is because several Democrats defected from the suburbs and voted with the Republicans, prevented the Democrats from passing a Democratic budget, and instead they passed a Republican budget. Lonnie Reed in, in Brantford, um, Gail Schlossberg and Milford, people who were worried more about this conservative, Trumpian suburban base. I would say it's somewhat racist, but it's not just about that. It's also about screwing cities and being selfish. In any case, they they sold out the Democrats. So now there's a big debate going back. So Babs, there are people who agree with you, like Josh Elliott, in Connecticut and nationally. They say we got to do what the Tea Party did on the Republican side, which is we got to stand for strong values that inspire people who have been disaffected and then run our candidates, even if it means having inter-party primaries that knock off people who are in and endanger the seats because in the long term we have to stand for something gets stronger. So that's one argument. The other argument is people, including some progressives, who say that's scary because in some places conservatives are more de- 
conservative, we need a bigger tent so that we hold on to power. Like in Alabama, you got to have a candidate who's somewhat conservative. In suburban Connecticut, yet people might not agree with an urban Democrat. And that we have to have room for people with a lot of different views so we can have power and can main control and pass our agenda. And then the response to that is you've had that for eight years, 10 years, Democrats even had a supermajority, and yet these people sell us out who then weaken our agenda and hand the whole big picture over the Republicans. It's an interesting question. What do you think about Josh Haley? Some people think in the Democratic Party he's a danging party controlling progressive values by having litmus tests. Other people say you're you're listen, doing the only strategy to inspire people, get more people to support Democrats long term and have a listen, progressive the, vision. The Democrats need to go back to their damn roots. This is the party that has championed so many things in the last century. I don't understand this. Civil rights, social security, all kinds of protection. things that have made the difference in people's everyday practical lives. Rights. And and because the Trump handbook has been let's 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 um move away from civility and common sense and intellect Mm -hmm. you know the dumbing down of america is a real thing Mm -hmm. we have people who don't know understand basic science what the democrats need to do they need to stand up to this foolishness when a lie is told stand up and say this is the lie and say this is the truth and they have to do it across the board and they can't sink they can't be afraid to say the truth because they think they're not going to get elected and if you don't get elected then that means you have more work to do in these communities where your constituents are because if they're falling to ignorance then you have to combat that you have to combat that level of ignorance with a commitment to truth honor and justice what happened to that because they are so afraid of the truth honor and justice <laughs> that's what it boils down to hey. and it, it, it is so sickening to watch how they fold like can i get a witness you guys are, pre- you guys no are preaching to each other here but and let me just say about ganem i'm i like the guy and that's probably the kiss of death but <laughs> um democrats do need to accept people actually for who they are especially if they're going to get the minority vote and everything you're right. Keep it real because if if you don't keep it real, we're, we're not going to show up at the polls. And that is so true. That's you know? what happened in Alabama. They kept it real. They got into the trenches. They say, listen, we lesser of two evils. Yeah, not even the lesser of two evils. You need to look at what this is, what we're working with here. You're working with someone who wants to roll back all the way to the 50s versus someone who actually convicted. The, those who committed heinous crimes of the 50s make a choice. What about second chance? The way you want to give Joe Gannam second chance, what about for Roy Moore? Are you serious? I know. Has he, has he tried to rape Has he tried to rape any 14 year olds in the last six months? What second chance, Paul? First off, we have to convict them. In order to ever give him a second chance, which I don't give pedophiles second chances. Bing. So. Another thing is we, you know, the Democrats have to go back to their roots. Well, civil rights, mm-hmm. that wasn't a Democrat thing. Okay, well, the Democrats weren't the ones who put, pushed civil rights through in the well, 1960s. Was it? it was the Republicans. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the 1960s. But listen. In, in, in the 60s, it wasn't the Democrats. Now, hold on. It, it wasn't through. the Democrats. Oh, it was it the Republicans. Wait, wait, yes, Joe, go, Joe, go look at the voting. Joe's talking, he's t- Harry's talking about 1860s. <laughs> Republicans for civil rights. 
1960s, it was Lyndon Johnson and JFK. I'm sorry, Lyndon, who, Lyndon who Johnson. Who did Lyndon Johnson was, get to pass the civil rights? Right, he did have to get some su the Southern Democrats are against them. He get the Republicans to no, pass it because the sorry, Southern no, Democrats refused. Yeah, but Harry, then there was a shift in the party with Richard Nixon to the Southern strategy. What do you mean? It was called the Dixiecrats. They moved over from being the. the you, the can't prove, oh, you can't prove gosh. that Southern strategy because if you go into the history books, it was yeah. like two or three that moved. Everybody else did. Wait, Harry, you don't think it's true that all these Southern Democrats who are conservative on race went from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party wholesale no. in the last 10, 20 years? No. Really? No. Okay, then we're not talking about facts. Then. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> You're talking about feelings. Now prove that statement. Never you can't mind. prove that. You know, I challenge See how Joe this goes off the rails Paul. for me? I, see, this, no, is, I see, this is the problem. Paul see, this is the problem to that show I have. up on my show with facts and prove that statement. I'll show, I'll show up with facts and prove you wrong. What about Richard Can, Shelby? Is he not an example of someone who did that? One person? This we could go I mean. through the list. There's a list of them. This so, is so can I just, Thurman, all of those guys who did... Uh, can, can I actually talk about something that actually happened in Alabama state government? Can I, can I talk about that? Because so we were talking about you know this, this change and what the Democrats may have to do, whether it's a big tent strategy or whether it's just push these guys out and go for what we really want, what we say we really stand for. But what happened... So Alabama had conservative Democrats, right? They were mm -hmm. one of the, the last Democrats before we had this wave who was actually in Congress, a man named Bobby Wright, who happened to be the mayor of Montgomery, which is 50-50 split mm -hmm. uh, city in terms of race, 50% black, 50% white. Um, white guy elected to Congress. He was a yellow dog Democrat. He only served one term because that Republican strategy that took the state house in Alabama and flipped their whole... Um, delegation to, to all nothing but except out of Birmingham Republicans was that once Obama got elected so we talk about the the legs that Obama had the Democratic Party became the Obama Party essentially that's what they were pegged at that's how Republicans ran and Democrats who wanted to stay in power who wanted? Who lived in conservative communities became Republicans. And also, yep. they go that's back to Strom Thurmond and Jesse Helms. That's exactly what happened. The leading segregationist of America. The leading segregationist all went Democrat to Republican. Yeah. Strom Thurmond, Jesse Helms, were they not even racist? in Connecticut? Right. So we're the Democrats could go about, after what they want. We're not going to pick. But they're going to have Democrats who want to stay in power who are going to be and declare it. No, no, no. Unless the Republican Party in this state has a rule against no, you can't flip. Like you can't come into our party. They're not wooing you to come in. Say. You know, don't don't run with these guys. You stand with us. Your values fit ours. Come be a Republican. Let me tell you the roots they of the Democrat Party. It's the KKK. Why was the KKK formed? Are I you kidding me? Yeah. Harry's right. Historically, <laughs> the KKK was Democrat. But, now they're Republican. But that was that. How about Charlottesville? But now they're Republican. Wait, now we're gonna pick like Charlottesville. Like time you know, warping. I could start picking like, Ferguson like, and different communities in the minority neighborhoods and and actually cope them. With, with judgment because of some things that happen. And then you say, well, you can't just pick something that happens in a, in a <laughs> black like, neighborhood and, you know, actually say and judge all African-Americans in that fashion. And now you want to do it the same with Charlottesville? You, you do that all the time. No, no, Harry, <laughs> names. You asked for names. David wait, Duke. Wait, no, 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 David wait. Duke, head of the KKK. Yeah, I'll get to Charlottesville. Charlottesville. David Duke. Head of the KKK, used to be Democrat, became Republican. That's what they all did. The KKK supported Ronald Reagan for president, not a group branding. They supported Donald Trump for president. Yep. The KKK. Yep. Yes, in the 1960s, 1950s, yep. 1940s, they were Democrats. They all became Republicans. Republicans. And a great, you know, they, oh gosh, you know what? Not true, but we could play. But Come on my show. But here's the deal. He, he, you know what, Harry? 
You don't even have the calls to put yourself on camera. You know, if you're gonna. No, 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 no. Call. Get away from that. He there's only four cameras here. Okay, I was. Gonna <laughs> Harry puts himself on camera every day. And he's part of the pundits oh, here. Where a cherished part. On that one. Oh, Paul. So, uh, 103.5 oh, FM. Paul live. We cherish. <laughs> oh. We cherish Harry. And he is the bravest man who Haven except see, when it snows. Is, but this goes back to my point. Except when it snows. That, 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 that we have to combat. We have to combat some of this. This. Nonsense. This ignorance Nonsense. laced with. Yes. Some half truths. Yes. See it becomes so intimately entwined. Right. That it sounds good when these people say these things. Thank you. And people with with who who don't have a grasp of politics history what do you mean these and people? social Puerto studies Rican? that it becomes that it becomes a a a, a problem they start so, seeing it as true you know so but harry does have a point a there are racist roots in the democratic party and today in connecticut are, the reason this last you know, year from where i said most i i you know most white I'm, people I'm a, are racist. listen i'm a black woman in america so i I have a different, I sit from a different place all the time at a different table at a different vantage point. So I, you know, I let white folks have the conversations of what they want to call themselves racist or KK, whatever that is. I'm not going, that's not my fight. My fight and my issue is, is that we have to combat ignorance, willful ignorance and deliberate stupidity. We have to combat that. And, you know, we can't Democrats, should be able to sort of stand up and say, that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Mm-hmm. This is what we believe. And this is what we're yeah. going to stand I'm for, even you. if we lose seats. I'm agreeing with you, Babs. I'm also agreeing with Harry, the Democrats. And you're right. It's not your promise. The white Democrats' promise are not always honest about Harry's racism in their own party historically and currently. Like I would argue in this past session, there were white suburban Democrats who sold out the racial justice caused by changing the rules on affordable housing. Oh, I, I and within a week of them right. passing the law in Milford, mm-hmm. an affordable housing project was stopped in the very district. Yeah, of because the they Senator don't want these poor. Gail they don't Slossberg. want these poor people, and poor people is cold for people of color. Right. They don't want those. Even people though it's not in, always true, that's the way it's perceived. But that's how it, it, yeah. it's cold. But see, that's the thing. That's cold, even if it's not true. Yeah. It's cold. It's you cold. Should, you it's should. Like and if we don't, but to, see, that's you know, my one, problem. We got to be willing to combat stuff. the truth. Right. So if you know it's cold, you have to say this is cold. Right. And then here's the truth. Truth. That's right. 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 And and you should be able to combat people calling you super predators, and you should be able to combat saying no one has that, called this super so, predators say, say, in forty years, thirty saying years. That Obama should be serving about? him coffee. Bill Clinton. All right, let's, let's, now that we heard the Obama that. word, let's remind people they're listening to Pundits Friday on New Haven Independent. Because what we is? have a president who's so rooted in civility and intellect and justice. We do. Yeah. No, no, that was Obama. Anyway, we're one of three point five FM live studio independent. Just a few minutes left. Harry went out of the room. Unfortunately, I want him in for this one. The uh, Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, oh. made a major decision that will affect New Haven this yep. week. So states have started Absolutely. to legalize marijuana, not just for medical use but recreational use. There are six states that now mm-hmm. allow both and the sale of it, mm-hmm. and it's going to spread in New Haven. In Connecticut this year, we're talking about whether to legalize recreational use of marijuana. Joe Gannon endorsed it the other day. Most Democrats do. Some Republicans at least consider it, and they think of the revenue increase that it'll, it'll stop some of the injustice of, the, of, of uh, the war on drugs and the criminal justice aspect of that. But Jeff Sessions has undone, as of this week, a rule by the administration to not interfere, basically, with states that legalize marijuana recreational use. They had a policy approved bipartisan by the Congress. Mm-hmm. 
that said we're not gonna we're gonna look the other way on prosecuting marijuana possessions cases and dealing unless it involves gangs and violence. Right. So the industry has flourished, and it was a states' rights issue. Historically, states' rights has been a conservative issue. Now the Republicans are against states' rights. Jeff Sessions, who was a states' rights senator when it claimed to stop the federal government from intervening in civil rights cases, mm-hmm. has undone the. Obama policy saying, you know, basically marijuana is evil. We can't, it's a federal law that you can't use and sell marijuana. So we are now, he's now sent shockwaves to this new multi-billion dollar industry in states saying, we might be coming after you now. And what's interesting, there's been a backlash from his own party, a leading senator from uh, Nevada, oh. Cory Gardner, who's the head of the Senate committee. For, oh, he's safe this He's morning. a Senate campaign committee. He, he's safe this morning. That's why he's saying, was it today he said something? Yesterday and today. Yeah, he, he's safe. He's livid. Yeah, no, he's safe. That's why he's saying something now. No, he feels unsafe. He feels like the voters of Colorado. He had not supported. He's from Nevada, and he was. I mean, I'm from- Colorado. Excuse yeah. me. Where it's legal marijuana, and oh. it's now a big part of the economy because the government, his voters want it. So even though he didn't originally agree with the Obama policy, he says we have to keep it because it's going to endanger my state. He had gotten a promise from Session during confirmation hearings. Lisa Murkowski did too that he wasn't going to do this and go after the local marijuana industry. He was going to let states decide. President Trump said when he ran for president, states should decide. Oh, these people are liars. So I, Super I'm, just, liars. I'm just trying this to understand is... why we're trying to stand on their word when, right. when time after time after time they have shown so us what's it gonna mean their now word is not their bond. For Connecticut in the upcoming session, Marquisha, any thoughts, Norma, about whether we should continue to, the quest to well, legalize I think we should. I think just because we have these individuals who, oh, I'm sorry. Will you? No, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. I think just because we have these individuals who are coming up with, uh, what they feel, what they, well, Jeff Sessions. Now that hey, we have Harry, Jeff right? Sessions who wants to push back on, on states' rights, all of a sudden he wants to flip his, his so-called state rights stance, I don't think we should stop. I think we should go forward on something. like. I wonder what like, Harry thinks, like given that. Just like we're going forward on uh, sanctuary cities. So, so I'm wondering what Harry thinks, given that a lot of Republicans now are upset with Attorney General Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump. They said that, Donald Trump said on the campaign trail, it's a state's rights issue if you want to legalize marijuana or recreational use. Jeff Sessions said during his confirmation, we will not go after people for this. They have now decided this week they've changed their mind, they're going to do it. There's a Republican backlash against this. Any thoughts about what this will mean for legalization and how your base feels? Well, the recreational stuff I, I'm not with, but you know, for medical, obviously I'm with that. But Jeff Sessions did say that he was going to follow the law on the books also, right? He said that during his confirmation. Trump also said that. It's time for us to get back to following the laws of the land. This is a simple thing. Let's put pressure on our congressmen, our senators, to actually start passing laws that match what the people want. Uh, Harry, did, that they, was they a did. 50% answer. Because Jeff Session, you know, oh my gosh, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna entertain that, that because, but they did, that pass, so they did what? vote bipartisan Harry to endorse the Obama. I know I hate the word Obama, but the bipartisan vote in the Senate to endorse that I'm policy of letting it. states experiment and not prosecuting. <laughs> They've now changed their mind on that. We live in a, a country that said it was against the law for black people to vote, to learn how to read, mm-hmm. to live in certain neighborhoods, to drink mm-hmm. out of certain water fountains, mm-hmm. to use certain bathrooms, and that was the law. There was a law in this country at one point that said white folks could own black people. Yep. For no other reason than for economic gain. Yes. And that's my point. That's my point. We need to change the laws when we know that And we also, to Joe's earlier point, to Joe's earlier point, we also live in a country where southern states have taken a blanket strategy on the rights of gay and lesbian folk and whether they can marry in their states because states' rights. 
right. or whether to not to educate kids because states' rights. But as Harry mm -hmm. points out, but, we, both of our sides do it. We both claim states' rights when we like the results. And we exactly. Federal right. all exactly. Right. So, you know, but I so think Connecticut should continue to do... I, yeah. I mean, we haven't Pat, we haven't legalized marijuana. We don't even seem close. Not for recreational, but we have for, it for, 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 for medicinal purposes, yes. Right. But, but for recreational, I, I don't even think we're really that close. I but really for medicinal, we have, you know, taken a real important approach to its regulated... So, you know what I think, we're doing. I think we should continue doing what we're doing. I think that because of the politics this year of appealing to anti-Trump voters in Connecticut, just Democrats will pass recreational marijuana in order to please the base. They're going to show their I don't they want to show their standing up to Trump. At least in Connecticut, Trump. I haven't seen there's like one Republican who is bipartisanly working with the folks who've been working on legalizing marijuana. That's the true. rest of them are not haven't seemed to budge. That's so true. I don't see that changing unless there's a groundswell from their suburban communities meaning oh we're going to get a big dispensary and it's going to bring a trillion jobs. Like I you know I just don't or you all can grow in your backyard and because y'all want that then we're good. But you know like what? in a place like Oakland, Oakland has taken the the like the step of saying if you are a convicted felon for possession of marijuana, we're actually we're not going to shut you out of the industry. So we have to talk about the justice components right. as well as the right. components of legalizing. It shouldn't be one community that benefits from the legalization of marijuana. Or that, Philip Morris. See, company. that's that's the, I think that's very important point that you Good just point. made. Yeah. That when they also legalize the recreational marijuana, that they also put in place. Okay. What's going to happen to a lot of these individuals, just like when they legalized alcohol, alcohol and people became alcoholics? You know, and then when you legalize marijuana and now we have a lot of other things that are going to affect the individual um, mentally and physically. What are we going to do for we, we, you know? Well, that, 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 that we're also, there are also there are also studies that show that after the legalization of alcohol, that the crime and violence around in Colorado alcohol went down. In Colorado, what's happening is what's happening in a lot of the minority neighborhoods, which is, is they're putting a lot of dispensaries in the minority neighborhoods, just like that. You ha just like you see a liquor store in every minority neighborhood. Do you neighborhood? know this for a fact? Modern, yes. Modern do you know this for a fact? I just want to know. I, I've not heard that. I've not heard that. I've not heard that. I've not heard that. And that's not true in Connecticut. No. And that, that can't be some Breitbart non-dispensaries no. in Milford. That can't be Breitbart. There's an application or there's for applications for two. There's two more and coming online. And the rich people in California have these big marijuana parties. I don't. I don't see that being in urban neighborhoods and poor neighborhoods. I've never seen that. Honestly, I'm a little miffed that there isn't like not that I need it, but I'm mad because there's no dispensary in New Haven. We already know about how hard it is. What, urban, what urban city is that? What where? Where but is Babs, that? But, but historically, Harry has a point. What city in Colorado? Historically, I want to know what's the fact that he has this on because what I saw when they were showing the, I went through a couple of documentaries on this well with the process for you to get. Uh, legal. Uh, I've not seen that. I okay, but I folks, separate from this, do you think Harry has a point that historically? People who peddle addictive substances like alcohol and cigarettes. Every report has confirmed that. They have special marketing to minority communities and lower income communities. They do with Nike Whether it's Newport, sneakers, Newport, well, Newport cigarettes, that. they do try to I make the most money. I would say they do, but... Also, think about who's historically kind of shut out of even propagating those businesses. Exactly. Like when it becomes legalized, right. we people who look like me don't even have any access right. to being a part of the so, industry. Right, right. Right. Wait, so if they wanted the to create a spirit and wine here. store instead of a liquor store. I agree. You but don't wait, get to make they the never money. But in, let me tell you this. Business. There yeah. might be liquor stores, but there ain't no daggone distilleries in these communities. Right, right. And I'm they ain't making yeah. vodka in these hoods. They're not making rum and all this other kind of stuff in the hood. Now, they might be peddling it, but right. they ain't making it. I'm with you. I'm with you.
Except in Westville, where an African-American woman <laughs> has started a cannabis entrepreneurial society that Again, Marquisha makes decisions hood. about. That's not It's not in the hood. Again, is it in the hood? That's not the hood. Is She's it in New Hallville? She's on a hill. Nice Dixwell? <laughs> is it on KSI? No. Nope. Where is it? I'm sorry. Westville. Oh. There you go. That, and that was the point. That, that's our point. Decided to where is it? I'm sorry. Where is it again? Westville. Hey. Oh. <laughs> and that's a heavily urban, considered black community? Right. Nope. Oh. <laughs> I'm just talking about who opened the business. All right. <laughs> Good points all. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us on the first 2018 edition of Pundit Friday. And um, and, and Harry just pulled up an article from the Denver Post. Denver's yeah. pot business is mostly in low-income minority neighborhoods. Not against your point about who's the making the business, money, but where they're the locating it. Right, right, right. They're oh, great. Okay. No, no one's talking about okay. who gets to make the money. He's not talking about who gets the benefit. He's not arguing that people of color are going to get the benefit. Again. No, you're not. You're okay, but like, what argument. does that tell us? What does that tell us about the dispensary? It doesn't tell us that there are weed, weed, weed signs all over it, yeah. like the liquor stores. And I, I saw them in Santa Monica. It could be a nondescript place. I saw them in Santa Monica. Only you know area. it's a dispensary yeah. if you know it's a dispensary. So like, there, there are levels to this right like mm-hmm. like i said in westville we have a spirits and wine shop somewhere else it's a liquor store Thank you. like so there's a difference in terms of the branding people do what they do because they think that that's what the market either deserves or that's all they're worth so but let me like, ask you a question i'm, Harry. I'm sure any place in the hood where people still drink wine they'd like to have a nice wine shop wouldn't you like the wine thief to be in your neighborhood so you don't have to drive all the way to whitney Avenue? yes i would there you have it Black well, people live all either. over her, her street. No, I, I don't. I <laughs> have to drive. I to know. I'm Avenue. not in the hood. I don't hide mm-hmm. that. Right. But I mean, so I'm just saying. You, I, you know, if, I, if we're, I we're not going to not have vices in our neighborhood. Some some neighborhoods can keep those things out of their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if if people make it nice and approachable, if they make it like a coffee shop, people don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I would wager that those things not are looking like because white people need to feel safe going to get it. Not only do they not care, it creates a safe environment once you make sure that it looks right anyway. If you care in something, look, if white people, people feel uncomfortable going to get their weed yeah, at the dispensary, go. at the public yeah. dispensary, they're, they're not going. Yeah, exactly. They're not going. They go to Wayside, smoke and puff. That's you know? it. <laughs> All right. To so. be continued. Thanks, folks, for joining us on Pundit Friday, WNHH. With no question now, you just heard it. The best pundits in the media university. Babs Rolls, Ivy, Marquisha Ricks, Joe Ugly, Norma Rodriguez Reyes, and Harry Dross. We're going to um, take it out with the Afro Smith experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. Now, we, know what it's, we all know what it's like to be free. We just got to remember to book our flight. Book your flight with us and fly free all weekend long here. And stay warm, folks, with us at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. Thank you.